we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Welcome our wonderful, wonderful audience. This is Peter Bregan. I'm a psychiatrist. And I'm Ginger Bregan. And this is America Out Loud Pulse. 5 p.m. every weekday. Uh, amazing people have a spot to talk to you from. Peter McCullough, Malcolm himself, who runs America Out Loud, or owns America Out Loud. Just very top uh, people. And... Uh, our show today is just extraordinary. Um, I have been learning new things, things that have been hard for me to believe and accept over the time since we've written COVID-19, Ginger and I, COVID-19, and the global predators. We are the prey. We thought that we had been stunned as much as we ever would by the international collusion we found by the the uh, seeming death wish for the for um, humanity and the obvious destruction of the democracies that is taking place uh, began taking place more obviously but have been going on a long time more obviously during covid-19 and we wrote that deep book about it um but the material today um is just amazing. We're going to be interviewing Anna Maria Mahalja, and I'm going to ask her to pronounce her name uh, to make it more clear. She's an MD, a PhD. I have heard her speak. I'm we're both part of another organization together, and uh, her last name is spelled M I H A L C E A. Um, I wish we were on TV because she's a, just a wonderful looking human being and full of life and very, very real. Um, uh, Anna Marie Mahalja, welcome to America Out Loud Pulse with Peter and Ginger Bregan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Um, I just learned today, folks, that this is English is her third language. Um and uh, that that speaks to the the brilliance which is physician and phd brings what kind of physician are you i know you have a clinical practice what kind of phd are you uh so i'm a board certified internal medicine physician uh and uh, my PhD was in pathology. I did a lot of cancer research early in my career. And uh, I have an anti-aging practice, uh, functional medicine, uh, as well as I'm very much involved in, in research of uh, the nanotechnology that we found and then these, these changes in humanity's blood uh, as we are, will be discussing today. Well, we're really glad to have you on the show. And, and this the show, folks, is, uh, you know, begins at uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. Um, on America Out Loud. But it goes to Ginger. What are, what are some of the many platforms it goes to? It goes to Apple, to Spotify. Now, I think what you have to look for is you have to search for America Out Loud Pulse. 
And then you will scroll through all the episodes of the five different days that the various doctors do this, including Dr. McCullough on Wednesday, Dr. Reich on Friday, and I think Dr. Singleton on Monday. And forgive me, gentlemen, I forget who the Tuesday docs are. They're very good guys. (laughs) But they're very good guys, yes. Oh golly, and uh, and is and it uh, it goes on uh, prn dot live, which is was my radio show, and uh, for has been for many years in top one percent. It's the claims on the um, internet radio, and uh, that's a very old audience. And folks, if you're there, glad to be talking to you um, as well. So, um, Anna Marie, uh, we use first names on the show usually. Um, pronounce your last name for me. Have you? Have, did I come close? Yes, perfect, Mihalcha. That's perfect. Yes. Okay, and uh, just start start with the nanotechnology work you've been doing. Can I um, uh, set it up very briefly? Oh God, yes. As the <laughs> really intensely visual one in this family. (laughs) I was first introduced to the concept that something was happening to the blood of human beings who had been vaccinated when I saw, I think they were probably still images of, and these were microscopic, not the even more more intensely expanded uh, microscope work that Dr. Anna does, but these images that I saw were the healthy blood, which uh, demons, which showed healthy red blood cells. And they look like perfectly spherical little balloons dancing along. They aren't attached to each other. They aren't clumped up. And they're, they, 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 it's actually a very happy image. I just like it more and more. And then uh, there were comparative images that showed red blood cells that had been, it looked like they'd been in a car crash. They were crumpled. They were mushed together. They were lumped up. They weren't uh, evenly spread throughout the slide and they did not look happy at all. And uh, Anna, I think that that's what made me a believer in terms of wanting to explore this more before I even had any more technical data is clearly there were things happening at a microscopic level. So when your information began to come out about this really uh, deep uh, sub-microscopic level of nanotechnology and what was happening with human blood, I was just floored. So thank you very much for your work. And now I'll hand it to you. Thank you. Yeah, so how I got to get involved with this, you know, I initially was uh, uh, treating COVID in my clinic with early treatments. I was uh, uh, helping to keep people out of the hospital. And then 
uh, through the group Medical Doctors for COVID Ethics International got in, uh, got introduced to Dr. David Nixon. And one day we had a Zoom call and he just asked, hey, do you want to have a look? And he was referring to uh, looking at the contents of what was in the Pfizer vials. And I absolutely said yes. And so what I saw uh, when he placed the drop under the microscope, which was a dark field microscope, was a swarming of little tiny tiny metallic objects, blinking lights that were literally assembling uh, a technological device that looked kind of like a space station. And in that moment, uh, literally my entire life changed because I realized that the threat that humanity was facing was of uh, such an advanced technology that was so beyond what any medical doctor would have learned or would have any understanding of. And so I spent many, many hours with Dr. Nixon um, over Zoom on the microscope learning about what happened. And what he did was he observed the contents of the vials uh, over many, many hours. And he um, also filmed uh, how this nanotechnology self-assembled into literal microchips uh, with optical communication cables. And we were part of a group, uh, international group of other scientists that also included engineers and engineers who had a background in nanotechnology and they themselves had looked at the vials and found similar findings uh, uh, Shimon Yanovitz, an engineer from Israel who incubated uh, the contents of uh, the Pfizer Valley chain of custody right upon thawing. As you know, that uh, the contents had to be frozen at an extremely cold temperature. And then he was microscopically documenting that journey and actually showed that out of the lipid nanoparticles, uh, this technology was literally growing as soon as the temperature was raising. And uh, so so that was just stunning. And uh, so we collaborated with many scientists around the world who uh, did the same research. And there was actually an article pu uh, published uh, by Professor Hughes in the UK that had 133 pages of documentation of all of the different teams and what they found in the vials. And that was really uh, proof of crimes against humanity. So at the same time, people started looking at the blood of the injected uh, and found these filamental structures, as well as sometimes strange looking metallic objects, as well as this rouleau formation, meaning clumping of the blood. And uh, this was overall progressively getting worse. And then where I got involved was uh, I knew very early on that this was self-spreading vaccine, uh, according to uh, Peter Daszak and the research of the preempt files uh, that uh, literally um, it was planned. And there was the technology that you only have to inject a, a part of the population. And then due, due to the self-spreading mechanism, the unvaccinated would be affected. And then I looked at the Pfizer documents that clearly showed, uh, for example, that if a man came in contact with a female uh, test subject who got the shot and he himself was uninjected, that he could transmit the contents of that injection to another woman who's uninjected. So this 
proved to me that the shedding mechanism was real. And what I was starting to see initially, I was documenting shedding via elevated D dimers in the unvaccinated that were suddenly exponentially growing. And I looked at antidotes and I was able to reverse these elevated D dimers with high dose vitamin C infusions. Hang on one second and discuss the D dimer. There's not a physician's audience, though a lot of lay people will know what it is. So explain how important that is as a sign of inflammation and so on. So D-dimer is a marker that is utilized uh, to sort of rule out deep vein thrombosis uh, that's related to blood clotting. And the reason why I had the idea to check that in the unvaccinated was Dr. Charles Hoff from Canada found in his clinical practice that 60% of vaccinated individuals had elevated D-dimers. The way a D-dimer is used in clinical practice is that if it is negative, it rules out things like a deep vein thrombosis or pulmonary embolus, a blood clot in the lung. But if it is positive, you have to investigate further to see whether or not there could be a blood clot somewhere hiding. And so it is a very concerning sign that there is something abnormally uh, going on with the clotting of the blood. And that could actually be transferred because people who were unvaccinated, as is what you're saying, could um, start displaying a D-dimer elevation or even someone they'd been with could do that. Is that what you were saying? So it was more that whatever was self-spreading was causing a coagulation or clumping of the blood that led to the symptom of having an elevated D-dimer. And I started answering that question when I got the same microscope that Dr. David Nixon has, which is a very sophisticated microscope, uh, excellent dark field capabilities, and it's able to visualize up to 4,000 times magnification. And uh, for example, compared to a U.S. microscope, has five times more brightness in dark field. So you can see uh, extremely well. And what I started seeing was that the people who just had COVID or the people who have long COVID or the people who complain about symptom of shedding had the same filamental structures in their blood and the same uh, uh, clumping of the blood as the vaccinated. And uh, in fact, that what acute COVID was, was an acute contamination by these filamental structures. What is so important about the clumping of the blood? I had partnered with Clifford Carnicum. He's the president of the Carnicum Institute who for 30 years has investigated the uh, uh, the effects of what was called Morgellons and geoengineering that's being sprayed upon us with and found the exact same filaments. And it turns out that for 30 years, humanity's blood had already been changed by this thing called Morgellons or cross-domain bacteria. And so he had this context that, that what was happening right now to humanity's blood is a continuation of a transhumanist transformation of merging synthetic biology uh, and, and uh, um, 
organic matter and transforming humanity and in fact the entire biosphere uh, so this kind of comes into where where the entire globalist agenda is is going uh, I know that's a bit above a broad picture but this is sort of uh, where where this comes uh, into play. And what he found was that the iron state of hemoglobin, which transport oxygen uh, via these filamental electromagnetic uh, uh, devices, which they are, is changed into a three plus state where it cannot transport oxygen. So it oxidizes and cannot uh, also has uh, extremely impeded electrical conductivity. Let's break it, hence, let's it starts break, clotting. Let's break that down a little bit. We've got two minutes before our break, and I'd like for you to take that last description and explain it a little again. Okay, so the uh, um, our blood is uh, our red blood cells have a metal in the center called iron, and that transports oxygen. And all life is electric, uh, so literally we have life force that uh, that is being carried by our cells, and and our biological function is is literally happening via electrical conductivity. So when we hijack electricity by a foreign uh, invader uh, that's part technology and part biology, it literally impairs our electrical conductivity and it causes the clumping of the blood as well as other symptoms. It's stealing actually the energy that makes us human beings. That's exactly right. It is feeding off of our life force, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it uses that life force or ATP in order to grow, literally. So we've we've shown that in different experiments, and we can discuss those more in detail in the next segments. That is excellent. Thank you so much. And this is uh, really mind blowing. We will be back. Yeah. Oh, a quick thought. Yeah. We can put up on America Out Loud, along with the radio show, some of these uh, microscopic uh, images, sub, sub microscopic images. I don't know that they that they can then go on to the other platforms. Do you think so? No, I don't think so either. So to get the actual pictures, you'll have to go to America Out Loud. Um, okay. We'll also have Dr. Anna give her 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 website after the break, which is right now. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome again, Dr. Anna Maria Mahalcha. Um, it's just amazing to be listening to you talk. Um, she and I were um, on a panel together that has will be coming out soon. Um, oh my gosh, it's a new organization to me. Um, and um, one way they describe themselves is NARM, N-A-R-M. National American Renaissance Movement. Thank you, Ginger. Yes. And um, we're not going to talk about that today. Um, I think we'll have the uh, organizer of that on. But we had a very interesting conversation. And um, one of the things that I was uh, able to put this together with is that uh, way back in 1972, in fact, my wife, uh, Ginger, just found a quote from... 1972, last night, um, in an article, uh, an interview of me that we might include in a new book, a uh, new book we're writing. Um, and I was talking about how all the psychiatric interventions, all the biological interventions, I first saw it with lobotomy, then with the antipsychotic drugs, then the electroshock, and then with all the drugs, that ultimately the tampering with the brain, and this is tampering with the brain because it crosses the blood-brain barrier, it's in the blood, the um, mechanisms that Dr. Ann is describing, um, they, they set out to do all kinds of different things that they say these drugs are going to do. They're going to cure an illness or make the brain healthier or... Uh, um, give a calmer life to the person or whatever. But in fact, these are all experiments and they're all ongoing, including the psychiatric drugs, because they're only tested for six weeks usually, and uh, they're given for lifetimes. And what I observed was that the final common pathway of all these injuries was a person who had not been affected for a particular illness or problem or issue, but was the blunting of the humanity of the individual, including the inability for the individual to recognize it. So we have many, many millions of people on psychiatric drugs who do not know unless they find a very good way to come off the drugs, a safe way, um, I have a book uh, called Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, but you need to you know, work with a professional with it. But that that they actually, that you may be as an individual losing your ability to engage, your wife or husband may have noticed it, your children may have noticed it. Um, 
as one woman pointed out that the, that the, the, her husband wasn't even engaging with his beloved dog anymore, but he had, didn't realize it. So there's this disengagement, which makes us more susceptible to totalitarian control, authoritarian control, to abuse at home, um, if there's an abuser to take advantage of us, all kinds of, uh, of control over the person who is uh, drinking too much, smoking tons of marijuana, um, and so on. Even even cigarette smoking in a subtle way produces these effects, that the individual is less engaged with what's going on about them and more susceptible to control. Um, and we discussed this, Anna and I, uh, on, on the show uh, yesterday that's about in a few days. Um, so let me give it back to you now, uh, Dr. Anna, to comment on that. Yeah, so what my thought about this is in my observation as a clinician is that um, I've seen a number of things. Number one, the fact that the life force is being hijacked in an electrical sense from people makes them chronically fatigued. Someone who barely can uh, get out of bed is not able to process complex information or fight for their freedom. And I believe that this accelerated aging, which I literally have documented. So I had seen uh, people with long COVID and I have a couple uh, pieces of equipment in my office. One is the autonomic nervous system function test. Uh, uh, so the autonomic nervous system is a subconscious control electrically of all your organ system. And then the WAVI brain EEG is a screening EEG that uh, looks like functional brain age and overall functionality. And in both tests, I saw extremely reduced electricity, again, life force, uh, and an accelerated functional aging process. So you have 20 and 30-year-olds that have dementia-like symptoms. In long COVID symptomatology, this is called uh, brain fog, but this is an absolute misnomer. Uh, and I w absolutely would raise the alarm about this because these are literally dementia-like symptoms where 20 and 30-year-olds cannot remember names or what they were doing. They have apathy, oftentimes depression. Well, in the brain, this looks like absolutely decreased voltage and decreased electrical activity. But for, for example, particularly in the hippocampus area, which is the seat of short-term memory, as well as in the parietal lobe, where we actually process our connection to God. And uh, seeing that that particular region is underactive in many people who always have had a close spiritual connection or uh, a meditative practice and have uh, experienced a disconnect. What is very interesting about this, one of the antidotes for the hydrogel that was found in patents by Karen Kingston, as well as the other part of technology that's based on metals and hydrogel are polymers. So metals you can remove via this molecule called EDTA. And I uh, have an infusion 
fusion clinic to uh, to help with that. And I'm a certified chelation practitioner. And I've noticed that within one infusion, there is this, uh, this darkness or this shadow, as people are describing it, that's lifting. And all of a sudden, they are able to, to feel again, to connect and uh, uh, spiritually, and they, they don't feel connect, disconnected from their own spirit. And it turns out that what EDTA does, it decreases, uh, it, it reverses that clumping, this low formation of the blood restores the ability to oxygenate the iron and it pulls out the metals that act literally like an antenna to potentially uh, uh, some form of mind control uh, frequencies that we've also found. So this is this is uh, very interesting because in my treatments I have seen a very rapid improvement sometimes within one or two infusions. Uh, this is why I'm speaking about these treatments because a lot of people will put uh, individuals on things like fluoxetine, again, uh, antidepressants, and I don't believe that's the solution. You need to give electron donors, or for example, methylene blue is very effective. Um, it's a good time because people will be saying, well, wow, how do I get in touch with uh, Dr. Anna? So how do people get in touch with you? And we'll bring it up uh, again at the end, folks, if you don't get it all together. Oh, so uh, my research you can find on my Substack, which is Anna A N A Mihalcha, uh, M I H A L C A M D P H G dot Substack dot com, uh, and this is where I post a lot of this uh, uh, this stuff, my treatments, my interviews, uh, the information about, uh, you know, the all of the research clinically. Uh, so that would be the best way uh, for people to find me. Good. And it's amazing that I noticed this exact same phenomena from psychiatric treatments, from electroshock, from lobotomy, of course, and from the psychiatric drugs. And I wrote an I wrote an article about it that I haven't looked at in a while, but I will, and I'll send you a copy of it, uh, uh, coining a a term uh, for this um, uh, this kind of uh, unrecognized brain damage uh, that was not, that was short of dementia, but was very seriously impairing and could could go into dementia. And I, I, I did that on the basis just of working with people I'd taken off of psych drugs and seeing the difference that this was potentially, but not necessarily reversible when I would take them off the drugs. And in most cases, if the person's just been on one or two drugs not, and um, not for their whole lives, um, I always see people get better um, when, when they get withdrawn. Um, and it's good news to see that people get better uh, when you're able to uh, remove some of the offending agent. What was the term in your paper? <laughs> I have. Why did you ask me? <laughs> well, it's, it's the paper I wrote in about 1990, I think. So um, it was it was after we moved here, I think. It was like it's the brain well, disabling. It's part of the concept, brain disabling right. concept that all psychiatric interventions are brain disabling, but I had a particular twist on it. And um, curiously, as I, the same time I published it, the, uh, the very corrupt um, diagnostic manual of the American Psychiatric Association came out 
um, with similarly trying to capture what 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 is what what is generalized brain injury like that's short of our diagnostic categories right now and and more than brain fog in effect but um we can uh, we can put that in our write up okay good um for folks and um yes i hear you starting to talk Dr. I, I think I think that, uh, you know, what you're describing is so important because I saw the same thing. You know, uh, my residency was a combined residency of internal medicine and psychiatry. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I later became a geriatrician. Uh, so I was I'm very well aware of neurocognitive uh, problems and um, then, you know, looked into how do we reverse dementia like symptoms and Parkinson's. And uh, in fact, that is absolutely possible. You know, I was very involved in my in my practice, still am in stroke rehabilitation. So uh, what is very interesting with this with this tool, uh, this functional brain EEG, for example, seeing in people exactly like you're describing that from teenage years have been labeled as depressed or attention deficit are put on Ritalin and all kinds of other psychiatric medications. And when I look at their, uh, their um, functional brain EEG, their voltage uh, is around you know, 1.2 when normal starts around, uh, you know, 6 to maybe 20 microvolts. And I have literally uh, measured these people's brain age and they're 30 years young, but their brain age is like 97, equal to a 97-year-old. So by taking them off of the medication using peptides like C-Length that decrease neuroinflammation and increase neurogenesis or so allow people to, to move into different parts of their brain, uh, it, it inhibits fear, aggression, stress um, uh, as well, uh, as well as then using these uh, these things that increase um, uh, electricity in the brain. You know, I've been able to uh, reverse people's functional brain age by like 30 years in a month. And all of a sudden, people feel better than they felt uh, in a lifetime. So a lot of misconceptions in psychiatries are similar to the misconceptions we have in, in medicine and that literally uh, I, as an allopathic physician, had to deprogram myself from that mind control in the sense believing that only pharmaceutical drugs, uh, you know, uh, should be used when they are really uh, used to maintain customers ill, but never reverse the, the causes of diseases. So I'm totally with you and I so appreciate your work. Yeah, this is amazing. And I, I guess it's, you know, it's what enabled me and Ginger to, um, you know, by the end of 2021, be able to, to publish uh, uh, some greater insight into into this global interventions that were, were so damaging that they're willing to damage us. I mean, I'll give you another example, folks. And I think it's important just to get a a more examples outside of what Dr. Ann is talking about to, so that you understand that this is the way the powers that be in the field of medicine have always operated. Electroshock treatment causes multiple severe traumatic brain injuries, one after another. They give it two or three times a week, but a second or third time, the person wakes up 
in a state of delirium or or which is an acute dementia they don't know where they are what's happened to them they may be uh, emotionally uh, completely out of it um they're uh, they have to have somebody take them home if they're going home afterward they're warned that they can't make any big decisions and so on and so forth and um this is obvious. This is obvious. Multiple traumatic brain injuries. Now, if a football player gets one of those, he's out of the game. And and if it persists like it does with the electroshock treatment, then the um, uh, then the uh, the player would would we you know he wouldn't be allowed to play anymore, maybe for a lifetime, and. Doctors see this who do ECT. They have a waiting. They have a, a a recovery room that looks like a trauma recovery room because it is, and the patients sometimes get agitated and they got to be restrained or drugged and so on and so forth. So medicine is put up with this forever, and then lobotomy, which I, I took on in 1972, 73, turns people makes them incapable of expressing their humanity, feeling their humanity. It's as if the, the soul is still in there, but the machinery is so broken, they can't express it, they can't have their feelings. And this has been the case for since 1938 with the first lobotomies, which were done by scooping out of the front of the brain. And nobody in medicine until me said this has to be stopped. And I organized this before Ginger, um, BG, which is a, <laughs> which is two different lifetimes for me. One being alone, and one having a partner who actually thinks a lot more about things in many ways than I do. It's just amazing. But but this was BG, and um, um, everybody in the medical profession fought me. I organized outside the medical profession, women's organizations, because mostly women were getting it, African-American organizations, because they were often at Black Street, especially brutally. And uh, in those days, I actually worked with several congressmen, wrote legislation, couldn't do that anymore. Several conservative congressmen and set up a commission. And uh, basically, the government withdrew its support, which they wouldn't do now. And um, we have very little lobotomy in psychosurgery anymore. Um, so people in medicine and related to medicine, public health, have forever done horrible things to people en masse and knowingly. So if you look, listen to what Dr. Anna is saying, and it's just too much for you, and you think, duh, nobody could ever do that. This is nothing more than high tech in the tradition of psychiatric, psychoactive interventions in the lives of people. And of course, it affects the body deeply as well, the whole body, as do all the other interventions. All right, we're going to break now. We'll be back very quickly. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. 
Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Well, we're going to welcome back our audience. We, we know that this is a hard stuff to listen to. And um, we know you're serious people. And you need to understand that we don't come to any of this stuff in any kind of a flippant or way. Uh, uh, we are documenters and um, Anna Marie, Dr. Anna, is just an amazing physician and scientist of, of the highest quality. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you for the third segment now, Anna Marie. <laughs> Thank you. What is important about what you said about the lobotomies, it's very interesting because it absolutely applies to this time now. Uh, the technology is more evolved, but the goal is the same. So if you have a totalitarian globalist regime, it has to stamp out free will. And as uh, Juval Harari, who is uh, an advisor to uh, Klaus uh, Schwab, said that the soul and the spirit um, will be a thing of the past and that they want to create automaton consumers. And what I asked myself uh, when I studied the enemy is what would be the technological platform of making this happen? And it turns out that since 1970s, the military industrial complex has heavily invested into nanotechnology. DARPA itself has been desiring to create a brain uh, machine interface since the 1970s. And this was also then uh, utilized for our military to create the super soldier program with the goal to basically have interfaces with artificial intelligence. In the 2023 presidential budget of uh, President Biden, it clearly discusses that the COVID COVID-19 vaccine is a nanotechnological inter intervention and that uh, in all aspects of our life, including the military, nanotechnology plays a role. So imagine that they have been developing nanotechnology now for 50 years and uh, literally have been able to uh, to find a way to 
not only create biosensors internally under the skin, as again, Juval Harari announced, but also to, uh, to modify our brain. So there was a Canadian theology professor in 1995, Dr. Pierre Gilbert, who discussed that uh, there would be a mandatory vaccine coming that contained liquid crystals that when exposed to magnetic uh, frequencies turn vaccine recipients into zombies. And that seems so outrageous, seems like sci-fi. But it turns out that uh, what he said, that there would be very, very low frequencies sent and uh, that these frequency waves would control the brain waves of humans. Um, it, since the 1970s, there has been the Brain Initiative. And what happened there that for 50 years, the resonant frequencies of all aspects of the brains have been mapped. And uh, in artificial intelligence, with the goal of creating an artificial brain, uh, they were programming programmable matter, which is hydrogel, uh, to literally mimic a humanoid robot brain. And that has been achieved. So the idea now that we are seeing what's called quantum dots, quantum dots are biosensors that can be also externally manipulated. And I have shown that in the blood, there are these blinking lights that show that change colors from uh, blue to red to yellow that literally the electromagnetic frequency of our cellular uh, structure is being manipulated via these devices and they can fuse with all cells hydrogel can it's it's uh, felt to be the the novelest thing in medicine it's in all medications it's even advertised it's on lantus insulin, but it turns out it self-assembles not only into blood clots, but it can literally uh, create uh, a fusion between our biology and this technology, and it can develop into uh, uh, electronic devices like biosensors. So the idea of controlling the brain by uh, changing the electromagnetic resonant frequencies in different brain areas is not far-fetched. And it turns out that Clever Carnicum and I found that there's really just one difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated blood. And this is this. The, uh, the vaccinated blood had an extreme sensitivity to extremely low frequency at a rate of 4 hertz. The reason why this is significant is that um, Clifford has done a lot of research into HARP, a high active oral research project, which is a DARPA uh, um, also um, invested and developed project for weather warfare, but it also creates uh, electromagnetic waves that can be used for mind control, can manipulate the DNA, it can change our immune system and uh, literally cause all diseases of aging. So the fact that uh, that we have found this sensitivity with this impedance spectroscopy is very, very significant. And clearly we've been seeing that there are personality changes in many who have uh, taken the shots, that they're uh, more aloof, uh, they cannot uh, express, they cannot connect with their divine nature, they feel disconnected from God, I hear that uh, a lot, and uh, it's very important to understand that this is by design and by intent, all, all we have to do is study what the transhumanists uh, had um, in mind 
with the globalist agenda. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. You know, tying it in again to, to my own work, which uh, I think gives even more context. Um, one of the things I found out with lobotomy, and this came from a brown envelope sent to me with no return address, was that, <clears throat> but it had documents, and the documents showed that the Justice Department, along with the National Institute of Mental Health, were both funding a uh, cutting-edge lobotomy experiments during uh, um, at Harvard. And uh, in fact, the, the person who was organizing the whole thing was arguably the most respected physician in the world, which was the uh, neurosurgic, the head of neurosurgery, William Sweet, at uh, Harvard's Mass General. And um, for them, and they set up their own private, almost secret foundation, and they did backdoor funding. You know, and here we have the the okay. inner agencies, uh, one of the deep state agencies, justice involved in this. And then when I was looking at electroshock, other people found that um, back in the 80s, that the CIA was funding the most advanced and atrocious electroshock experiments in Canada. So the really most atrocious uh, lobotomy experiments, remote control of patients on wards, by the way, remote control so far turns mostly out to be making the person crazy, making the person docile, maybe making the person euphoric. It's very gross, but who knows where they'll where they're going now. And I'm talking about the 1970s. And so this has always been a big deal to the to the uh deep agencies the dark agencies the uh of the federal government to fund this kind of stuff i think that uh, one thing i'm noticing is in in peter talking about that time is of course the equipment was very gross it was it was human sized you could see it <laughs> you yeah. know the ice picks or the more sophisticated kinds electrodes. of electrodes electrodes and so forth but if we think about our technology um and how it has shrunk and it continues to get smaller and smaller in terms of what we carry in our pocket that we call a phone compared to what was hanging on our walls 50 years ago that we called a phone the technology has continued to shrink and I think it's no surprise that those who are interested in controlling human beings uh, have managed to shrink their technology uh, to this point. Uh, Dr. Anna, this information is um, uh, gobsmacking. It's just, I, I've been reading you for a while now, and I still find it uh uh, just astonishing to read, but not at all unbelievable. It is very believable. And uh, anyone who is able to go to uh, Anna's website and see everything that she's and her Substack and, and see everything that she's written and see her videos will just be astonished by you talk, Anna, about this being uh, an extinction level event for humanity. And I agree with you. Oh, but one, of the, see the one of the most important things you said at the conference 
was that when you blocked the entry of outside influences to your experimental table, I think it's a Faraday cage or something like that, that when there were no um, influences coming in, all this activity stopped. Uh, so this was an experiment done by Dr. David Nixon, and he uh, showed how the uh, microchips and the optical communication cables from the Pfizer bioweapons were growing. But if he put a Faraday cage above over it, then the growth was, was stunted and reversed. But the problem is that there is a quantum program in that hydrogel, because if you remove the Faraday cage, they would reassemble. What's very important here, because since we're talking about the mind, you have to ask yourself, why are the dark agencies and the globalists endeavoring to mind control everybody? It's because we're so powerful with our mind. We are divine spiritual beings, and we have the power to create phenomenal, genius ideas. We can literally be inspired divinely with extraordinary knowledge, and uh, and we are connected to the all and all, and they want to sever that to make us these automatons. The greatest threat uh, to them is the awakening to our potential, to becoming, to being genius, to throwing off, you know, all of our fears, our our uh, our, um, uh, you know, compliance to serving this globalist beast, because once we do, I have to tell you that true miracles lie in the realm of the spirit and self-healing lies there too. I've literally seen that uh, once you are aware that, that you are powerful and you are in a state of love and joy, and I've had this conversation with with um, Kathy O'Brien, an MK Ultra, uh, a CIA insider, former uh, intelligence agent, and survivor of. Um, uh, of uh, satanic ritual abuse and she discussed that the frequency of the globalist is so low that's where they want to put us all uh, in terms of being depressed and fearful but the that the frequency of love is so above their reach and is so healing even regenerating to our physical body and our brain that it's literally an armor of God that we can put in so the more truth we speak that vibratory frequency of truth is phenomenal this is why we cannot lie. We cannot omit certain aspects of truth. For example, ignoring the nanotechnology because you've got a kink in your armor and you can be attacked by these forces that are spiritual first and physical second. So I think that that uh, how we're tying it together to understand that people do have the power to overcome this, even if it's scary nanotechnology, because on the quantum level, we're the observer and we can change our realities and this is what they fear the most if we do and we say no more of this we do not want to be modified we love our natural state and our divine right to to create uh, that is the most powerful antidote we can possibly engage in we are so on the same pathway you and me and Ginger, it's astounding. I've never heard anyone before talk in a manner more eloquently than exactly what I believe. And what I teach my clients is even if you have injuries, once you open your heart to love, 
once you let yourself become a source of love, not just a recipient, a source of love in particular, then you're like a source of the best there is to give. You're a source of what God is all about. Um, you can live a much greater life, even though you may have some chronic injuries of some sort. Um, you can heal them and overcome them and transform them and get beyond them. And um, you're expressing it so eloquently. We're so on the same page. And this is a really a coming together of uh, a profoundly kindred spirits from very different directions in many ways. But we come from truth and medicine and being honorable and honest toward our clients and patients. This is where we come from, I think. It's amazing. Yeah, so it's it's important that people have the courage to look at the information, but do not consume it in fear. But be, but when we come together like this, then we can find the solutions, and and we will overcome. It doesn't matter how advanced the technology is, because our genius will will bring forward the antidotes for exactly this. So I believe that that uh, that the connection of love of human brotherhood and and spiritual integrity we have to come back to honesty and self-love uh and out of these the the suppression of fear and cowardness and deception when we leave that behind we leave them behind we literally create a new world a new universe that uh, that is parallel to what whatever you know hell they want to create i do not wish to participate in that hell i have a heaven to live in well, I love what you're saying. And another thought that I've had that's very parallel to what you're saying about the global predators um, is very early on trying to figure out why would psychiatrists be doing to this to people? And I began to realize that that was their level of spiritual life. They were literally making people they could be with by lobotomizing oh people and electroshocking. And I don't know I've ever talked to you about no, this. No, not that exactly. But that was that was this profound sense I got. And you know, and being at the psychiatric meetings when I would go to them and seeing these dreadful looking people and the kinds of awful conversations they would have and how they confronting nothing of the evil in each other, or the lobotomists would go and do their evil, the psychoanalysts even would go and do their evil. They've had their own ways of reducing humanity psychologically. Well, we're down to the to the end point here. Let me um, uh, finish up by once again having you tell people and spell your last name, how they get in touch with you, Dr. Anna Marie. Yes, so the best way is my substack. It's ANA Mihalcha, my last name, M I H A L C E A, M D PhD.substack.com. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. This is um, Ginger. This is inspiring to us. May it be inspiring to all of you. and bless you and thank you for taking these things seriously. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.